It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. That's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. On today's show, we're going to talk more about the Oklahoma City Thunder searching for their fourth head coach since moving to Oklahoma City. We're going to talk all about the names that could be a, de- a, a developmental hire, that could be a presty hire, and that could be some retreads and long shots. We're going to break them down into those categories. I'm also going to give you my big board of coaches. And at the end, we'll talk about Dennis being robbed of the sixth man of the year. Don't forget on Friday, we're going to outline this draft class and why uh, the Thunder can make a huge impact in this draft. Don't forget to call into the show 405-362-7128. Leave a voicemail over there with whatever it is you want to talk about regarding the Oklahoma City Thunder and probably this coaching search uh, will dominate that voicemail uh, here coming up. And this episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Go to rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. So for full transparency, because with Sam Presti, you never know what he's going to do. I mean, he snuck in the fact that he was going to be looking for a new head coach in between the in between the games, the the Bucks game and the and the Rockets game. He just kind of snuck it in there. Hey, by the way, before you get ready to watch Russell Westbrook and James Harden take on LeBron, the Thunder are looking for a new head coach. So, for full transparency, this episode is going to come out on Thursday. It's being recorded right now at four thirty p.m. on Wednesday. So, if he did another news dump and and leaked to Woj, which I don't think he will, who he's looking at. Uh, then these names might be irrelevant. But for right now, these are some names I'm looking at. And I will also say, um, coaching searches are hard to sift through and to figure out what Sam Presti, of all people, wants to do because Sam Presti is probably not going to get that list that we got from Indiana of like 19 names he's looking at. We're not going to know who he's truly interested in. I mean, we're just not. He, He keeps everything so close to the vest that these names are just all off of personally who I would want the Thunder to hire and who I think makes sense for the Thunder uh, and what kind of routes and different avenues Sam Presti could go on. Uh, It it would be almost impossible to nail down exactly who Sam Presti is going to hire in this process. I also wanted to touch on the fact that I'm very happy uh, that the Thunder and Billy Donovan ended in a, you know, obviously professional, but a respectful manner. And it was truly in every sense of the word, a mutual parting. Both parties agreed they cannot be together anymore. And typically we know that although franchises say mutual, it's never mutual. This decision was 100% 
on both's accord, I would say even more so towards Donovan just not wanting to come back. And you you get the you got the uh, story from Presti yesterday on the call uh, to the media about you know he he brought some beers up to the office. They talked about the highs and lows of of this last half decade with Billy Donovan uh, and gave each other the, their best, and that was it. And I think that you've got to respect Billy Donovan uh, for not wanting to take the chance on what Oklahoma City uh, is going to do. Now, I will say this. Uh, some people who are not as informed are kind of making this out to be like, oh, how can the Thunder not know what they're going to do? How can the Thunder you know, be stuck here? Are they, gonna, are they going to sell off these pieces because of the cap situation? It has nothing to do with being a small market. It has nothing to do with being a, a team that's going to be affected by COVID and the, and the cap going down. And it has nothing to do with the team not knowing what they're going to do. In fact, it's quite the opposite. This team knows exactly what they're going to do, and Billy Donovan wants no part of it. And I can't blame him. You want no part, if you're Billy Donovan, of signing up the tank for four years. So people who are grandstanding right now about, I can't believe that this small market team in Oklahoma City is going to use COVID as an excuse to dump off salary. No, they were going to do that anyway. I can't believe that Sam Presti has has no direction for this team. No, he has a direction. It, the direction is tanking. That's not the direction that Billy Donovan wanted to hear, so Billy Donovan is out. Again, if you're Sam Presti, if you're Billy Donovan, why would Billy Donovan sign up for three to four years of tanking? That would take lasting in Oklahoma City with relatively no success in the postseason from 2015 until 2026, whenever you're truly going to compete for a championship again, that just doesn't happen in the NBA. Guys do not last that long in the NBA, and he's already one of the uh, highest tenured coaches. He's already been here uh, and been a part of one organization for a long time long time. This is how the thing goes. It overturns like crazy. It's a coaching carousel. So why would he put himself in that position uh, where he can kind of strike while the iron's hot right now? He can have his pick of Chicago. I would assume New Orleans will get involved uh, with, with Billy Donovan. I would assume Indianapolis will get involved with Billy Donovan. I would assume that almost every coach vacancy right now in the NBA would be involved. And I can guarantee you that every college vacancy is going to get involved upcoming. And after this season is over, he can he can have a hand pick of his college job. Even if you weren't planning to fire a coach in college, if Billy Donovan says, hey, I want to, I want to coach your program, you're going to make it happen. I mean, the list of who you would protect over Billy Donovan is very, is very, very, very small. I mean, it's Roy Williams. It's Coach K. It's Bill Self. It's uh, Calipari. That's, that's the list. I mean, that's really the list of who... Uh, ADs would not just oust their coach, no matter how successful or not successful they are, uh, in favor of Billy Donovan. That's, what, that's how much cachet he has at the college game. He's a Hall of Fame coach at the college level, so he can go back to college anytime he wants to, and he has the chance now to go to a team like the Bulls, go to a team like the Pelicans, and win at the NBA level, continue to get to the postseason as an NBA coach, and, and mold a team and have more control over a team than what he did in Oklahoma City. And part of that was due to Sam Presti, I'm sure, telling him what I've said all along. These draft picks are going to be have nothing to do, you know. These fourteen future first round picks, these moves that they make this offseason, is going to have nothing to do with any input from any coach, whether that's Billy Donovan or whether that's Bill Self or whoever it is. It has nothing to do with head coach. It's everything to do with Sam Presti. The head coach coming in is not going to get much of a say, if any say, in how this team is constructed. So you lose out coaching. You lose out the team building aspect, which I think that you would get in Chicago. I think you would get some in New Orleans, and. For most of your career up until this year, you were just dealt a hand of stars 
and nothing else. To where, yes, we can go back and forth of what small, minor adjustments that he could have made the last two postseasons, but at the end of the day, Russell Westbrook didn't show up, Paul George didn't show up. If those guys show up, it's a whole different narrative around Billy Donovan. And that was the hand he was dealt. Now, this season, uh, he did fail again in the postseason where there were some clear and obvious things he could have changed, and there was no superstar holding him back from changing them, uh, like there was in the case of Melo. You saw Melo not go to the bench in favor of Jeremy Grant uh, earlier in that series because you wanted to give Melo the, the Hall of Famer that respect that he probably shouldn't have gotten uh, a couple of years ago. So, really, Billy Donovan was dealt with the hand he was given, and it turned out not to be a good one. I mean, you go from Kevin Durant for one season, who was a big draw for Donovan to come here. Uh, he leaves Florida for for the chance to coach Westbrook and Durant. That last one season, he gets you to Game 7 of the Western Conference Finals, and your two stars don't show up, and then Kevin Durant leaves. And then the next year, of course, is only Russell Westbrook. There's no pointing fingers of why they lost that series. It's a miracle that that team even got to the postseason, uh, much less uh, you know got the fifth seed that season. And then... You go all in with Paul George, with Russell Westbrook, with Carmelo, who would have projected that, again, Westbrook would not show up, that, again, Paul George would not show up in the postseason. Same thing happens the next year, and here we are today. We know how this year ended. So, for Billy Donovan, of course he's not going to come back, but I'm glad that they ended on good terms. I'm glad that they ended respectfully, cordially, and truly mutually, because there should be no hard feelings. We can go round and round about the difference uh, that, that Donovan could have done this postseason, uh, and throughout his entire postseason history. But we all knew, and I said it before the postseason started, whatever he does in the postseason means nothing about the future of Billy Donovan. And it has everything to do with Billy Donovan himself, of what he wants to do in the future. He obviously does not want to rebuild, and I can't blame him, because, again, that's asking a lot for a coach to survive. From 2015 until 2024, 2025, whenever you're ready to compete again. That's just way too long, way too long for a guy like Billy Donovan. So... Coming up, we're going to talk all about the names we've covered so far and the developmental coaches, the Presti hires, the retreads, and the long shots. All coming up after this, but I do want to tell you about our good friends over at DoorDash because DoorDash is the best food delivery app. You've counted on restaurants for so long, and now they're counting on you. And while the dining rooms may be closed, they're still open for delivery on DoorDash. DoorDash is an app that brings you food you're craving fast right now into your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat and where from, and your food will be left safely right outside your door with a new contactless delivery option. With over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia, you can support your local go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, and Cheesecake Factory. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery. Just open the DoorDash app and select your favorite restaurants and your food will be left right outside your door. DoorDash deliveries are now contactless to keep communities operating safely. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees of your first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKDOWNNBA. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees your first order when you download the DoorDash app from the App Store and enter code LOCKEDONNBA. Don't forget, that's code LOCKEDONNBA for $5 off and zero delivery fees with the DoorDash app. I also want to tell you about our good friends over at rockauto.com. rockauto.com has an amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com, so them locked on sent you in the How Did You Hear About Us box. They've been doing this for over 20 years as a family-owned business. That's right. 20 years ago, you could have been buying auto parts online, but instead, you probably had dial-up internet and could not work your Hotmail properly. But that's no worries now, as now you've upgraded to Gmail, and you can upgrade to rockauto.com, because rockauto.com is a fantastic website. My favorite part 
is that website itself because I can go there knowing nothing about cars, which I don't, and only have to put in my make, my model, my year, and it will only show me parts that are compatible with my car because otherwise I would be totally lost on what's it's going to fit in my car, what's going to work with my car, and I'd be wasting a ton of money trying to find that right part for what I need. So RackRider.com fixes that problem by allowing me to only see options that I know will work with my vehicle. And there's no point to go to a chain auto parts store because right now you don't want to leave your house anyway. But furthermore than that, if you do go to a dealership or you do go to a chain auto parts store, they're going to upcharge you. So skip the upcharge. Go to RackAuto.com. Find all the parts your car will ever need. Tell them Lockdown sent you in the How Did You Hear About box. So the names we've already covered, you can go back and listen to yesterday's show about these names is Jerry Stackhouse, Becky Hammond, Bill Self, and Stan Van Gundy. Uh, I personally love what Jerry Stackhouse and Becky Hammond would bring to this team. Uh, Bill Self is more of a pipe dream, and then Stan Van Gundy falls into what we're going to talk about later, and that's just a retread hire, which I'm not sure that Sam Presti is all that interested in as a retread hire. But something that he should be interested in is a de- as a developmental coach, and I think that the Thunder kind of have a bit of a no-brainer in Adrian Griffin, a, for- a former Thunder assistant coach who really helped the – development of the young players such as Jeremy Grant uh, really helped those guys develop for Oklahoma City and now he's with Toronto as an assistant coach and he's helped Toronto as well. Adrian Griffin has a lot of respect around the league. He has some respect in this organization and he has a proven track record of developing players which is going to be the most important part of this entire run here of this entire tanking you know four year window whatever this ends up being. The most important part is nailing the draft picks and developing the draft picks. And Adrian Griffin, I think, helps you do that. Another guy who helps you do that, I think, is Kenny Atkinson. I think that Kenny Atkinson, the former Nets coach, made no sense to fire him, in my opinion. Uh, but we never got to see how he would manage the stars. So maybe they're afraid that he couldn't manage a star like KD and, and Kyrie. But to me, uh, Atkinson would be a beautiful hire for Oklahoma City as he can develop Shea, Dort, Baisley, and whoever you end up drafting with these 14 future first-round picks. I really like Atkinson. He's a guy I think that can be relatable to Shea and the young guys. He can also uh, be someone who's really hands-on. You've heard stories of him in practice, you know, doing the drills with the team and getting involved that way and practicing just as hard as he's asking the players to practice. And that can go a long way with a young group. And, and we saw that the Nets team really came together and was a surprise team last year. Everyone felt good about Kenny Atkinson. And then the Nets Nets and fire him and bring in Steve Nash, who we're not sure how that's going to go. So for me, of course, Jerry Stackhouse is my number one. And one beer or two is going to be Becky Hammond. But then Adrian Griffin and Kenny Atkinson are right there as who I think can be some great hires for Oklahoma City, uh, both for the same reason. And then Dave uh, Yeager, I personally thought that he shouldn't have been fired with the Kings. Uh, You wanted to go with Luke Walton, who got some recognition for handling the the Warriors without Steve Kerr. Uh, And sure, he did a good job whenever Steve Kerr was not able to coach because of the back injury he had. But honestly, anyone could have coached that team. I mean, let's just be frank about it. Anyone could have coached that Warriors team uh, and had a similar record. I don't think that his ability to uh, you know, be the interim coach on that team was the difference at all. I don't think that he made an impact. And then we've seen him in, in Sacramento really do the opposite of what Jaeger wanted to do. He tried to slow down the game, tried to slow down their offense, and that really hurt De'Aaron Fox, who was playing tremendously under Jaeger. And I think that Jaeger can unlock 
a lot for the Slender offense that a guy like Luke Walton couldn't. Uh, but the Kings are the Kings, and that's part of why, because they fire guys like Dave Yeager in favor of guys like Luke Walton. So from the developmental side, which is what I think is the most important, you have Jerry Stackhouse, you have Adrian Griffin, you have Kenny Atkinson, and you have Dave Yeager, who I think are all people that can handle a rebuild, that can impress you in a rebuild and, and show you that they are the long-term option at head coach, which is something that Sam Presti values. We, we've seen uh, him hold on to Scott Brooks, him hold on to Billy Donovan, wanted Billy Donovan back next year, but Billy Donovan said no. So we've seen that Sam Presti truly cares about not turning this into a, a, an operation where you have a new head coach every two or three years. He, he wants a long-term stability. I don't know how you can get that as you start a rebuild here, uh, but that's a start is hiring a guy like Stackhouse, Griffin, Atkinson, Jaeger, and then you move on to the retreads. And the, there's two big names with the retreads, and that would be Fizdale and McMillan. Fizdale, former Grizzlies coach, Knicks coach, uh, fiery guy, but I don't think can handle the rebuild. And then for Nate McMullen, good coach, but old school type offense that I don't think would really fit with Shea. And I don't think would fit with the modern NBA. And I don't think would fit with whoever you bring in as, as, as these college kids have come up now playing this new style of basketball. You've got to remember there's a one and done rule. I mean, these kids you're going to draft are 18, 19, 20 years old. They've only known new school basketball. They haven't known what Nate McMullen, what Nate McMillan would ask them to do on the basketball floor. Uh, and maybe he could overhaul his offense, but that's a lot to ask for retread higher uh, in a rebuild year and rebuild years. So I wouldn't see them going the Fisdale route, the McMullen route. I would see them going with more of a developmental coach or more of a long shot or some prototypical Sam Presti hires, which I think is is something to keep an eye on. So when one Sam Presti hire could be Mo Cheeks, who's been an assistant coach for God knows how long in Oklahoma City. Very, 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 very respected around the organization. But for Cheeks, I, I just don't know if he ever moves into a head coaching role anywhere, uh, much less in Oklahoma City. Uh, I just don't think he wants to. I don't think the organization would want him to. But when you're starting to look internal, which is what Sam Presti I think would have in mind first off is to look internal. Uh, he's kind of the one of the only guys you look at is Mo Cheeks. And I just don't think that that pairing would work. Uh, but someone who would work is Mark D who I'm going to call Mark D because I have no idea how to say his last name, but he was a former coach at Florida with Billy Donovan. He came over to Oklahoma city with Billy Donovan started with the blue. Uh, whenever Billy Donovan got hired, he became the head coach of the blue to kind of try to play that Billy Donovan style of basketball with the blue team. And then this year became a full-time thunder assistant coach. So He's valued from Donovan, he's valued from Presti, and if Presti was comfortable with the direction this team was heading in with Donovan and the offensive style and the schemes, there's really no one else better than Mark D who's been considered a long time around college and around you know just basketball in general to be a Billy Donovan clone, and you saw that's why he followed Billy Donovan here. That's why he that's why he came to the NBA and was a G League head coach and is now a Thunder assistant coach. So if you want to go internal, which I think would be Sam Presti's preference, it's either Mark D or Mo Cheeks. To me, the only real option there is Mark D. So, therefore, are you really going to hire Mark D? I don't know. I'll spell it for you because I can't say it. D-A-I-G-N-E-A-U-L-T. Coming up, we're going to give you my coaching big board. 
The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So we're back on the Locked On Thunder podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. That's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I. LES. Call into the show 405-362-7128. That's 405-362-7128. And you can have your opinions on the coaching hire and the coaching search and all that goes into all of that. Also leave your questions or takes any time to get played on the show. But we've went over the developmental coaches. We've went over the, the Presti type guys and the retreads. I want to quickly do the long shots and then my, my big board of who I would like the Thunder to go out there and hire. So the long shots to me starts off with Jock Vaughn, who I think should have gotten a much bigger look from Brooklyn itself because he had that Nets team that everyone cast for dead playing very hard playing very fast and aggressive and loose inside the bubble. He had a lot of those young players uh, like like Jared Allen playing better than we've seen him play before. I really like what Jack Vaughn was able to do with the Nets inside the bubble. I think that he could be a good rebuild coach, but again, who knows what Sam Presti wants to do. And another name would be Jamal Mosley, who has been a just highly coveted assistant coach from Dallas. He's in the mix for every single head coaching job, just has not landed one yet. Unsure if that's because of him not wanting to be a head coach yet or him just getting passed by by opportunities that, that come his way or what it is. But Jamal Mosley has a big reputation around the league and is looked at as one of these guys who can uh, further Rick Carlisle's coaching tree. Wouldn't mind seeing that as a long shot type candidate, but I do have my top five uh, big board of coaches I would like to see hired. And again, it's impossible to guess what Sam Presti's going to do. It is absolutely impossible, but I'll try my best. And so my number one hire is Jerry Stackhouse. If they hire Jerry Stackhouse, I will give away three coffee mugs from Fast Break Breakfast Podcast, the International Stackhouse of Pancakes, uh, you know, coffee mugs about Jerry Stackhouse. I have one myself. I have the shirt myself. I will give away three mugs if they hire Jerry Stackhouse, because I'm just so in love with that hire. The flip side of that coin is, while I do love Jerry Stackhouse because he's helped develop Brandon Ingram his whole life, because of what he did with the Raptors G League, winning G League Coach of the Year, and developing guys like Chris Boucher, developing guys like Fred Van Vliet, developing guys like Oji Ananobi, developing all those young talents. Pascal Siakam had a, had a hand in that as well. I don't think it'll happen. I really don't. I don't think that Sam Presti will want to hire Jerry Stackhouse. I don't think that Jerry Stackhouse would want to leave Vanderbilt after one year, although he should. I mean, college basketball is very up in the air right now about the future, and all college athletics are up in the air right now about their future, especially uh, given what's happening with COVID and things like that. So I don't know why he'd want to stay in at a program like Vanderbilt who's tried every which way for the last five years to cut athletics and, and cut spending in athletics and everything like that. And now they have the perfect excuse to kind of end athletics altogether at Vanderbilt. If I was Jerry Stackhouse, I would jump at the opportunity to coach the Thunder. But 
you've got to get that opportunity first. And I don't know if, if Sam Presti would extend that offer. So he's my number one. I've struggled with who to put at number two, but I'm going, I'm going to go ahead and put Becky Hammond at number two, because I, I just love what she can bring to the table because we've gotten the praise from pop. We've gotten the praise from people in the know of what it's like watching her in practice and how she's been hands-on and developing Spurs players. And for me, this is a important hire, but it's also a good hire. I think that Becky Hammond not only can handle the job here, but it's kind of like we said with other assistant coaches yesterday, when you make that leap to head coach, you've got to be prepared for a learning curve. Everyone does. So what better place to have a learning curve than a team trying their best to lose? This Thunder team is not trying to win next year. In fact, they would consider losses wins. On the flip side, while they would consider losses wins, she wouldn't get blown out every game. They have talent on this team. It's not like you would send her in every night to be the head coach and the Thunder lose by 50 points and get housed. No, the Thunder are trying to lose, but they don't care if they lose by one point or 100 points. They just want to lose. And this team's going to hang around in some games with these young guys, with Dort, with Shea, with Baisley. And so while she can get experience, she can also prove that she can coach. And this is kind of the perfect uh, the perfect mesh for that. You don't want to put a, a new head coach coming in from being assistant coach into the opportunity of winning right away because if they don't do that, which she very well could, but if they don't do that, then that kind of marks them forever as a failure of a head coach. But if they surprise you while still being a lottery team, then that kind of marks you the other way of being a great head coach. So Becky Hammond, I think that this is the best spot for her in Oklahoma City, or at least a franchise like Oklahoma City. Number one, they value stability. So if they hire you as a head coach, they're going to give you ample amount of time to prove that you're worthy. Again, Billy Donovan still had a chance to come back next year, even as fans are sick and tired of watching him in the postseason. But again, the postseason is irrelevant for the upcoming future. So they value stability. They're going to give you stability as a head coach. Number two, they have a great GM. And while he might not give you the control over the team that you might want as a head coach, he's also not going to screw the team up as a GM. So he's going to give you the best possible assets to build around and to coach around. And also does not get in the way of X's and O's. Just kind of drafts this team, builds this team, and lets you handle the rest of your business. So stability and a controlling in terms of team building, but not in terms of X's and O's GM. And again, you want to go somewhere where you don't have a ton of expectation to kind of give yourself some breathing room. You also don't want to go somewhere where you're going to get housed every night. You're not going to do that in Oklahoma City. You're not going to get blown out every single night in Oklahoma City. Uh, and so that can help you as well. So I think that Becky Hammond is a perfect fit for Oklahoma City. This is the organization in which she should look for whenever she wants to make that leap into the head coaching realm. Uh, and I think that it should be in Oklahoma City. So she's my number two higher. Number three is Kenny Atkinson. Kenny Atkinson, I've talked about it before, good track record with the, the Nets. Limited track record with the Nets, but still a good one. I do like the the stories of him doing the drills with the team, bonding with the team, being aggressive in practice, and going all out in practice just as he's asking the young players to do so uh, because you kind of need that if you're Kenny Atkinson to, to earn some credibility, to earn some respect, and to earn these players' trust and, and these players' um, effort. And, and he does that. And, and, I, and the, the Nets played for him very hard. I think that he would fit with Shea. I think he would fit with Dort and Baisley in, in your future first-round picks. I like Kenny Atkinson a lot. I flip-flop between him at, at, at two and Becky Hammond at two, but I'm going to go Stackhouse, Hammond, uh, Atkinson, and then Adrian Griffin. I think Adrian Griffin, on my big board, is the most likely hire. 
because he has that reputation and rapport with Sam Presti. Sam Presti knows and trusts him, uh, but he's number four for me. Still, I think, is a home run hire. I think that any of these top four are, an, are a home run hire, and I would be over the moon ecstatic for, for the hire. Uh, but Griffin does have a track record of helping developing guys like Jeremy Grant into the player he is today. And you look at Baisley. Billy Diamond talked about wanting Baisley to play that five spot. I'm sure Sam Presti feels the same way about wanting Baisley to be able to play that small ball five and be versatile like Jeremy Grant was. Griffin developed Grant, and so Griffin can try to do that with Darius Baisley. I would really like to see Adrian Griffin get a chance as a head coach in general, and why not in Oklahoma City? And then number five is Dave Yeager. We've talked all about him on this episode, but number five is Dave Yeager. So even though we're kind of running late here, I have teased it enough. I think it's ridiculous that Dennis Schroeder was robbed of the Sixth Man of the Year award. Uh, I'll just quickly go over this. If you want a more in-depth rant about it, we can do that later. Uh, but number one, if you're the Clippers, you can't have two candidates for the Sixth Man of the Year. One of them is a, is a Seventh Man of the Year, and they said that Lou Will is the Seventh Man of the Year. So that's ridiculous. You can't have two guys from the same team getting any first place votes in the sixth man of the year category because, again, one of them is the seventh man. Number two, I get it. It's not the most valuable player, but you would assume sixth man would mean the most valuable bench player. And the most valuable bench player is Dennis. Without Dennis, this team is nowhere near the fifth seed. Without Dennis, this team probably does not make the playoffs. Without Dennis, they don't have the most deadly lineup in the, in the NBA right now. Without Dennis, this team has totally changed. Without Harold, would they be worst? Sure, they, the, the Clippers would be worse without Montrezl Harold, for sure. But they would still be fine. They would still have Kawhi, they would still have Paul George, they would still be totally fine without Montrezl Harold. That cannot be the same for Oklahoma City. Oklahoma City needs Dennis way more, and that bench unit needs Dennis way more than the Clippers need Montrez. Ultimately, it's a silly award. We're not going to remember this in 5, 10 years, so who really cares? But still... Dennis earned that award, in my opinion. In my personal record book, Dennis does have a sixth man of the year award. Uh, but that will do it for today's episode of Locked on Thunder. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore styles at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. Call into the show 405-362-7128. That's 405-362-7128. Let me know what you think about Oklahoma City looking for a new head coach and who they should hire. And we'll talk all about it in the coming weeks, in the coming days, until we have our answer. Tomorrow, we'll start to talk about the NBA draft, so you can call into the show uh, about your draft takes as well. But tomorrow, we're going to talk about what this draft class is. A lot of people think it's too weak. I don't see it that way. I see it kind of different than most people. So we'll talk all about my favorite players in the upcoming NBA draft. But be good, and be good to one another. We'll see you next time on Locked on Thunder. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.